Hey everyone, Mercedes here. I'm so excited to share with you the Lucky Few podcast will be headlining at Dear Mom Conference. Join us on November 3rd in Orem, Utah for our first official live event. Grab your tickets today at DearMomConference.com. We are thrilled to share with you an exciting episode coming later in the season. We are going to be doing the Lucky Few Ultimate Holiday Gift Giving Guide. Do you have a product that our listeners need to discover? Perhaps the perfect holiday gift? Well, get excited, people, because as the holidays roll around, we will be sharing with our listeners some of our favorite products. We are seeking submissions for our Lucky Few Ultimate Holiday Gift Guide episode. If you have a product you'd like us to consider, head over to theluckyfewpodcast.com and fill out the gift guide form. We can't wait to hear from you. Hey friends, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Heather, Mercedes, and Micah. And today we are talking about marriage. Marriage, you guys. Marriage can be beautiful and marriage can be so freaking hard. Can I get an amen from my sisters (laughs) here? Amen. (laughs) And then marriage is beautiful and hard and then you bring in kids right? And then you bring in kids with different abilities and they're, they, Mm -hmm. then our kids demand more time and more patience. There's Mm -hmm. health issues. You're in the hospital. You and your significant other are like ships in the night because one person's making sure your able-bodied child is getting to school and the other one's making sure your child with a different ability is alive (laughs) (laughs) in certain seasons. Um, So we are here today to give you all the answers on how to have a healthy marriage while raising a child with Down syndrome. We are marriage geniuses. We are. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. If you've listened for one second, then you know we're kidding. And if you haven't, you're new. You're new. Just kidding, friends. Um, We are not experts, but we are going to introduce you to some amazing couples who are in process, just like all of us. Um, who are learning how to make it work. So welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. So friends, ladies, marriage is hard and it's wonderful, and we need to talk about it. Um, let's talk about it. Mercedes, okay. Micah, how has having a child with Down syndrome affected your marriages? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an intertwine of um, just having kids back to back to back. Yeah. Has, <laughs> has affected our marriage. <laughs> just. That fact alone. <laughs> so I don't even know if it's just all on the Down syndrome part or if they're just all way too little. Five, three, and one. They're just all in crazy process. We've got potty training happening like every year. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, like for all, for all three while. at the same time. Just all yeah. three. Shepherd's trying to join in. Sunny is just taking the long road for body training, bless her. <laughs> Rhodes, you know, he was fine with it, but it, it's just like, it's, we're just in it, in the thick of it. So I think that part is hard. We're just exhausted. We're mm-hmm. exhausted and we're trying to stay alert to 
Sunflower's needs and our other kids' needs. Um, since she is our oldest, so I guess education is a big one right now. So that seems like where our mind is, and it takes up it does take a lot up a lot of headspace while also introducing roads to preschool. So we would then be like, oh, wait, okay, pause on Sunny. Now what about roads? So we're just kind of, um, I don't know. It always seems like we're having a big conversation. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of big conversations and not a lot of time to actually talk about it because then there's crying babies, bedtimes, washing of, and like 90 nails to cut. Like it's just a lot. <laughs> so many so nails. Many nails My kids won't let me cut their nails. At least the uh, Ace is the only one now. They've all realized that I'm a horrible nail cutter. It's only Chris. Really? Only Chris. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have no terrible skills. <laughs> so that's us. Um, that's me and Andy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think for us, you know, I, I, we'd been married ten years before Ace. Um, came into our lives. So we had, I I don't know. I think there's a little bit of, I think if Ace had come earlier, if he had been our first or our second, um, I wonder what that would have been like in our marriage. I feel like um, there were a lot of kinks that I think we learned and worked through in those early years, learned how to spend time together. You know, like it, it took until Brooksy was born for us to really get a rhythm of like, when can we sit and talk? And um, we realized that for us, we sit, we can sit and talk before everybody wakes up in the morning. And so um, I think we kind of had established this routine that I call our morning coffee date. And it's, um, it's my favorite time of the day, mm. but, and, and so we sit and read and pray and talk. And so that by the time Ace came, you know, it was a basket full of emotions for both of us. There was a lot to work through. Um, and the, those mornings where we were together drinking coffee were really, really important. And, and they've stayed that way where, um, there's, there have been seasons that have been um, a lot harder than others um, since Ace came around. And I would say overall, it's been a really intense three years for our family and for us as a couple. Um, but I feel like the, the gift of that time is that we just have kept showing back up every morning and um, having a place to, I feel like what comes up a lot for us now is like, we we kind of sit and dreamily talk about how amazing Ace is and um and have these you know just to have that that time to connect and so in the midst of the the stress i think i had a um my therapist told me once that like having a child with um having a, a differently abled child is like having two children like the mm-hmm. intensity and the needs and what's what's required of you. And um, that was really helpful. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so I'm just going to start thinking of myself as like a person who has four kids. And if I can think about that, then I feel a lot better about like how ridiculously chaotic I am <laughs> and, and like how I didn't get this 
the stuff done that I wanted to get done today. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh and I were at a event with parents who have kids with Down syndrome and it was like a, all the parents were sitting on a table and one woman said her therapist told her that and Josh <laughs> and I got in the car and we're like, we feel like we have five children at all times. And, and you do. <laughs> we basically have five children and now I know that it's okay. Like it's okay to feel yeah. like I have five children because that's yeah. what it's the equivalent of. Yes. That's yeah. a good, good it's reminder. Really Such a good and reminder. And of course that's hard on a marriage. Of course it's yeah. hard. Especially if you think you have three kids, but really it's like five. It's confusing. Yeah, it is You're confusing. Right. <laughs> Gotta get the numbers correct <laughs> to know what you're know dealing with. I have. <laughs> helpful. Um, Josh and I got married as wee babes. And so mm-hmm. I was 20. And then it was seven years before we had our first and our first was Mason and we were desperate for her like to be parents mm. and um, she was super sick. And so we found that we were having a child who needed us basically for her life with all of her medical issues and needing open heart surgery a week, a month after coming home and being really, really sick that that really bonded us. And I've spoken to other mm. parents who have children who have had medical issues that then have been resolved. So there is a difference between if it hasn't been resolved or if the resolution right, was negative, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up on the other side of it in a positive way. Mm. And that really brought us together. And I think really created a sweet bond between Josh and I, but also between Josh and Mason and Macy and I. Um, and then as the kids, as we've gotten more children <laughs> and they've gotten older, <laughs> It's just hard. Parenting is so yeah. hard. And to be intentional with one another um, as as partners and to, like, understand our kids' needs, our spouse's needs, or our partner's need, and our own needs, and, like, who's meets whose needs, and at what point yeah. in the day. And so we've found just, like, that we have to always – it's always revisiting. Like Mercedes said, these big, hard conversations – it's mm-hmm. just constant communication, always revisiting. And I find that because I think my first has Down syndrome, I don't know how to separate the Down syndrome from like the dis- the different ability from just parenting. That's mm-hmm. same with me. I feel the same way, Heather. And then there's mm-hmm. things that come up that it's like, like if things are really hard with school with Macy, I know that that's because of her diagnosis and that's frustrating. And then I get home and my kid who doesn't have Down syndrome has her, this other thing that's happening that feels impossible as a parent. So, um, that's a parenting thing though. So, but if within our marriage, (laughs) I just don't know what's what sometimes. Yeah. Um, Well, it all intertwines, right? It all intertwines the dynamics too of mm -hmm. a home with all the personalities too, as they get older and they talk and they have feelings even more that they express. <laughs> I'm learning that because all of my little ones are starting to talk and it's like, you guys all at the same time, have a lot like of feelings. <laughs> right. It's so true. And then, and then the way that I respond to my kids' needs versus how Josh responds to their needs. Oh, um, man. And then feeling like he doesn't prefer how I respond or I don't prefer how right. he responds. And then, da, da, it's yeah. Like, or yeah. how I respond when he gets home. Yes. And I've had a hard day. So my response is like, hey, grab a kid. Oh, wait, no, no. Redo. I love you. Welcome home, honey. Okay. But really, though, can you grab a kid? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. all in there. <laughs> all in there. Can you grab all five of my three kids? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's how it feels for sure. Um, so good. So we wanted to have this, we wanted to hear from more people and not just from the three of us always about this. <laughs> And back in August, Mercedes and I got to spend a really sweet weekend with some of our dearest friends in the SoCal, which stands for Southern California, Down Syndrome <laughs> Community. And while we were together, we asked them if they would talk about this and share their experiences and their stories of raising a child or children, because some of us have multiple children with Down Syndrome, yes. um, and what they've learned about building a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. And so we want to share that with you guys. And, you know, I'll just jump in and add here that um, we know that not all the families listening to this podcast are married or in hetero relationships. And even though that's what the focus is today, we also want to hear your stories as well, um, even if they're not represented in this episode. So reach out to us and um, share your experience. Yeah, definitely. We see you and we hear you and we applaud you in this space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before we go and, and you can listen to that conversation, we're going to get to hear a word from our sponsor. Today, the lucky few podcast is sponsored by our good friends over at love every where playtime is thoughtfully crafted by experts for your baby's developing brain. Stick around to find out about a special deal. Love every is offering later in the episode. And We, Heather and I, are on our yearly family retreat. I don't know if it's a retreat. Vacation. Family vacation with, let me see, one, two, three, five. Five couples, families that we all share the common bond of raising a child with Down syndrome. And we look forward to this trip every year because not only do us moms get a lot of time to talk, but the husbands do, the kids, the siblings all get a chance to hang out together. And Heather and I just thought it'd be rad to get everybody's perspective on marriage, relationships, and raising their child with Down syndrome. And we thought you listeners would love to hear this. So welcome. Micah's not here. Micah's in San Francisco while we're in Palm Springs and we're thinking of her, having a drink for her, and it's fun. So many drinks. So many drinks. I also feel like I want to set the stage and say, I want everyone to know that in the middle of our circle, there's a giant plate of s'mores. A giant plate. And um, I think we had 30 to 50 s'mores on on a plate if you wanted to choose from them. After the kids went to bed. Yeah. So they didn't even get to enjoy it. It was purely for the adults. For the 10 adults here. It's perfect. So if you want us more, friends, jump on in. Okay. Before we get into this conversation and introduce all of our guests today, these fine friends, um, a few things I want to say. One, our oldest child collectively, not collectively, in the group is 10 years old. So none of us have been doing it that long, right? This whole raising a kid with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. There are people out there who have done this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years who know a lot more than we do. So we have, at the most, 10 years of knowledge of what this looks like. That's the season of life we're in. Also, marriage is a really tricky thing. Relationships are really tricky. And so we're going to share from our experiences. We're going to be transparent. We're going to be honest. But we might not go as deep as you are hoping. And maybe 
if you're not in couples therapy, you should be. And I say that seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good thing to do. I love so, therapy. Yes. Raise I your hand like, if you love what therapy. What about Bob? Have All the hands are up. Lindsay's was first. On um, speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> so just throwing those things out there. And then also there's this statistic. Um, and we will put in our show notes where you can find that this is real, that I'm not making it up, that people who have children with a different ability have a higher divorce rate, couples who do, um, except for Down syndrome. And so what does that mean? It is actually a lower divorce rate when you're raising a child with Down syndrome. And there are, in the statistics, there are so many things to take into consideration, all kinds of factors, and it could be maybe you would have gone down that path had you not had a child with Down syndrome the order in which the child is born. I mean, all these different layers to that, but it is an interesting idea that within the disability world, families raising children with Down syndrome have a lower divorce rate. So here we all are. We're here all, we all are. in relationships. So we are together. As of today, we are all together. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm gonna go around the room and I want you to say your name and your spouse's name. They can say it for themselves. You choose. We'll um, analyze that later and then tell us who your kids are and their ages and which of those kids have Down syndrome. And so I'll just go to my right. Hi friends, my name's Josh and I belong to one of the co-hosts. Her name is Heather. What was the other? Our kids course. and their ages and their names. And who has Down syndrome? Our oldest is 10, her name's Mason and she has an extra chromosome. We have Truly Star, she's seven, she's our middle child and our youngest is four and a half. He's August, and he also has Down syndrome. Good. Pass the mic. Hello, enemies. Um, <laughs> my name is Eric, and this is my wife, Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle, and Eric and I have four kids. Um, our oldest is 18, Daphne. Whoop. Uh, <laughs> Greta just turned 16. Um, Roxanne is 13. Yes, we have three teenage daughters. And then Eli is four. He's our little guy with um, Down syndrome. Oh, nice. Here we go. Uh, my name is Andy, and I also belong to w the other co-host currently tonight, uh, the lovely Mercedes. Yay. Woohoo. Hey. Hooray. <laughs> I like this belong to. Yes. Heck yeah. Owned by. Owned property by. of. There it is. There it is. That's where we're headed. <laughs> Maybe you want to introduce our children. Okay. Um, we have our oldest is Sunflower. She's five, and she's rocking that extra chromosome. Then we have Rhodes. He's three. And Shepard, who is 14, almost 15 months. Who I think is 17 months, like, every month. The past, like... Andy never knows his <laughs> age. I, I never <laughs> Or I, his birthday. Andy, what's Shepard's birthday? That's a good uh, May uh, 21st. 20th. You always it's not okay. It I, okay, we're gonna come back to this later because I because I can look up on our health care and I'm 99% sure it's the 21st. Right. You guys have, so, don't know when did you celebrate his birthday? You would think we have six kids. <laughs> yeah. his okay, here's the only three. We have no idea about. Stupid reason why I know this because of my dumb male teenager brain. I would be really specifically. I would really understand and know if he was born on 420. <laughs> but like in my mind, Except, I know he's not born on But it's May 5. 5. The point is. 
that I would use that as a way to remember. This whole new way of doing math, you know, is re- is actually very relevant to my generation. Where it's re- it's like di- like abstract deductive reasoning. It's not just like what's the date. <laughs> Anyhow, we're gonna move on. We're gonna we'll, we'll come back. We'll figure this out. Hello, this is uh, Chris and Amy. And uh, we um, are very happy to be here and happy to be on the podcast. Uh, we have our oldest daughter, Alexis, who is actually turning 20 next month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Got the oldest one, I think. Uh, no, you guys have the oldest one. And um, then we have Rocco, who is turning five in December, and he's our little guy with Down syndrome. And then we have Gemma, who I actually just did the math while Andy was talking, <laughs> and she's 20 months old. Yeah, I know. You're surprised as well. So, <laughs> we've been saying 17 months for the last six months. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a thing. <laughs> Hard to keep up. Hi, I'm Lindsay Bolton, and my husband and I have seven kids. Woo! My name is Bart, by the way. Um, we have Austin, who's almost 25 and about to make us grandparents. Wow. We have Autumn, who is 19. Um, Asher, who is 17. <laughs> Aiden, who's 15. Batru, who is almost 11. Next week on Tuesday, she'll be 11. Ruby, who is 6. And Connor, who is 5. Thank you for holding up your fingers, babe. <laughs> Which and of those kids have Down syndrome? Oh, and the two babies have okay. Down syndrome, Ruby and Connor. Perfect. Do you know Only when two. their birthdays are? <laughs> yes, Ruby is June 4th because it's also our anniversary, and Connor is May 20th? 20th. <laughs> May 14th. You totally messed me up. May 14th, yeah, that's what I said. Heather. Do we edit this out? Because I was looking at Heather and she told me May 20th. (laughs) She misled me. Well, because of the whole part of the conversation that happened a minute ago. Okay. Um, We're so thankful you guys are here. This is really awesome you're taking the time to be here. And let's just go there into this conversation. Something I think is interesting is that all of our families came about our diagnosis for Down syndrome for our kids there's a better way to say that um in very different ways and so three of the five of us have adopted our kids with down syndrome Mm -hmm. one couple had a pre-birth diagnosis and one had an at-birth diagnosis so the question that i'd love for us to talk about and i actually want michelle and eric is your name to uh, talk about this first (laughs) is when you got that diagnosis what were your thoughts in terms of your marriage hey it's michelle again um so yeah, when we got our diagnosis, um, it was terrifying. The doctors basically told us that Eli was gonna die. They told us we should abort him right away and just try again in a couple months. So that obviously was you know, super traumatic in and of itself. But then I went home and I spent way too much time on Google, which I do not recommend to anyone. Um, and when I was, <laughs> Yahoo, <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and so beyond, you know, the Down syndrome diagnosis stuff, you know, I came across, you know, statistics. And one of them was that 
50% of marriages who have a child with special needs and in divorce. And obviously I know that that's not true now, you know, for Down syndrome, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was just, I felt so vulnerable. Um, it was just, it was a really hard time. Um, you know, I, you know, felt, um, yeah, just, you know, I felt so ugly, you know, I felt huge. I felt, you know, I was carrying this baby that might not live. I just had, I just felt so vulnerable. And just the thought of, you know, we'd been married, you know, almost 20 years at that time going, oh my gosh, you know, is this gonna end badly? Not that Eric had ever done anything, you know, to make me think that it just, you know, my mind just <laughs> spun out of control and it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time. <laughs> Did you want to? I, um, I already forgot the question. <laughs> I know the question, but um, my mind has a, it takes a long time to process stuff. And so thinking back to when that was <laughs> um, and relating that to our marriage and our relationship, um, it just wasn't something that I really, um, I don't think I concerned myself with much. Um, I obviously knew Michelle uh, in general. She's more emotional than I am. So <laughs> trying to help as much as I could um, with just what she was feeling and, um, you know, whatever I was going through. Um, it was just kind of focused on that. Did you have to um, process it later? So, like, in the beginning, were you kind of, like, focused on Michelle's feelings, and then you had to, like, process later? Yeah, yeah. What was, like, what was that like? Um, yeah, so, so my process was, it, it took a lot longer. Um, it, I guess, manifested in different ways. Um, so, geez, what did that look like? Um, details please yeah no uh <laughs> i tend to withdraw um so that was kind of my tendency mm. um and then michelle would be all you seem withdrawn <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird thing to tell somebody or ask somebody <laughs> especially no. when withdrawn <laughs> i'm fine oh my god this is just me being me so <laughs> Working through uh, what what that w withdrawing was all about, um, you know, it took some took some work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, Amy and Chris, will you guys talk about your experience because you had a at birth diagnosis? So, was there? And the answer can be no. But were there questions about how will this now affect our relationship with one another, for better or worse? Was that not even a part of the equation? Did that come? Days later, weeks later, months later. Okay. Well, it was a surprise at birth, and um, in regards to the relationship, I don't think it actually affected our thought process on how it would affect our. I think it made us stronger, if anything, and it kind of we were like bound together a little bit tighter, just because we had to deal with you know everything we were going through with this shock of having a child with Down syndrome, not expecting it, and, you know, thinking, oh, the, the world is caving in, and, of course, realizing very soon after it was the best thing that's ever happened to us. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that in there. 
but yeah i think it was a lot you know a, a lot just to um to process and i think you know sort of like eric too i'm a little more of the you know introverted kind of do my own thing and and i think amy was at that time also very emotional and also you know very reserved and you know there were definitely a lot of tears and you know a little bit of a um a fighter came out when you know when amy was like you know trying to say well are they sure and i'm gonna tell the geneticist she's wrong and i'm gonna say don't do that and you're <laughs> just let's just do it <laughs> no no um <laughs> <laughs> well, I I will say though, um, you know, when I when I did first um, look at Rocco, I knew in my heart that, you know, he had Down syndrome before um, before they even shared that with me and and said, you know, we we believe your son has slight characteristics of of having Down syndrome. I just knew in my mama heart that. You know, and then the thought came in my head, and I'm like, no, no, it can't be true. And then um, um, right before um, I gave birth, we actually had a, I actually had a seizure. And, um, uh, and then, and then I, then I gave birth to Rocco. And, um, and, um, and so, you know, I didn't really realize at that point that I actually had a seizure and, and, um, and how much time it took for me to, you know, become awake and, and realize, you know, what had happened. And then I, you know, saw Rocco who was across the room in a, in an incubator. And that was when I was like, Oh, wow. Does he have down syndrome? And I'm like, Oh no, no, get that out of, get that out of your head, Amy. And then, um, when Chris and the doctor then came by my bedside and I saw that Chris had been a crying, I knew in my heart what, um, what was about to be shared with me. And, um, you know, they, they were really, the doctor was really gentle. And Chris said to the doctor, should I let her, should I tell her? And, and uh, then the doctor shared, you know, we believe your son has some slight characteristics of having Down syndrome. And I think at that point, I just, everything like came like kind of crashing in. Like, you know, I couldn't really cry. I couldn't really do anything I just was really like frozen in time like oh my goodness you know what does this mean and this can't be true and why God why is this happening um so it wasn't more or less about our relationship I think it was just more of the shock of what is our life going to be like how can I handle this how am I going to be able to share this with everybody is my baby going to be okay and God why 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 did this why did this happen you know um and um yeah yes yes my my tears that she referred to were actually (laughs) tears of joy I didn't know at the time they were tears of joy but they were actually tears of joy just so you know and that's for both of us right yeah. yeah but going back to the relationship that was never even yeah. a question about i it really i think you know you clarified in the beginning it there is a way it can make you a stronger couple when right. you have a, a baby with down syndrome or a baby with special needs right. or a baby in general so and, and I'll, I'll just say something quick that um it did it did make us um stronger i think that was 
probably the closest we've ever been in our lives like during that time and even like the first year of of Rocco's life it just it just brought us together really close where we like when I was sad he was there by my side and then when he was sad like I was there by his side so we just kind of both like kind of helped each other get through that first year of realizing like what our new normal mm-hmm. was what was going to be about yeah thank you guys for sharing that I know um as an adoptive parent, which is Mercedes' experience too, I get so many questions from people asking if we're, on, if and when we were on the same page. And I think, I always say, you have to be on the same page before yeah. you adopt a kid, and especially a kid with a different ability. So yes, the answer is yes, be on the same page. But people are like, when did that happen? When did that happen? Um, and maybe Lindsay and Bart, you could speak to that with, because mm-hmm. it wasn't Two exactly times. a diagnosis that right. you received, mm-hmm. but when was one of you before the other how did you convince the other (laughs) you have two children with down syndrome who are very close in age so how was that with each other communicating all that and figuring that out yeah for us I um my personality is um more go get (laughs) them passionate I would say (laughs) Um, so I think I was definitely um, excited about it before he was. And he, I think the first time I brought it up to him, he said I was crazy. And for the first time, I actually decided I should back off and not hound him. And I thought this is something that we both need to be on the same page about or it's not going to work. Because when, it, when the going gets rough, I didn't want resentment. So I definitely backed off and um, just kind of prayed about it and, and thought, if this is supposed to be, then, then he'll come around. And if not, it's okay. Yeah, so I would say we make decisions in general a little differently. I would use the word impulsive and <laughs> on my end... Uh, I don't know if calculating is the right word, but I would, for me, I would say thorough. And so. I'm impulsive and you're thorough. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's go there. So I tend to kind of like think things through, look, you know, I would beyond. Say confident. Yeah, confident. no, I'm not. Yes, I'm not. It's good. We're a good balance. We're a good balance of each other, and so it takes me time because I need to think through it rather than like, yeah, let's just do this right now. I need to weigh it out, and so it it, it definitely kind of had to th- process that through and and you know kind of think through what that meant for us and for our family and for uh, well, I think one of the biggest things was. <clears throat> looking at the future we had always kind of talked about and envisioned and 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 that would look different that would look different with the possibility of you know a child that we would have forever and there would no you know there wouldn't be the the empty nest potentially maybe so but um so yeah i I was definitely took me some time to work through that but I don't. I didn't ever feel like it was a a conflict in our relationship. Um, something that p- 
put strain on it for us. It was uh, kind of like Chris said, it's like or an Amy it was more of a a galvanizing thing when we worked through that and came to that decision and committed to that together. It was uh, more of a connecting thing than anything. That's good. Mercedes or Andy or Joshua or me. Do you want to say anything <laughs> about this? I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything new to add to the conversation. Anything, Andy? Mm. You know, I don't know that I'll come up with anything new. I just like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> he got the mic back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think because adopting for us was our first child, it felt very, very epic, very adventurous, very much embarking on the next chapter of life. So, I mean, we've been married two and a half years by the time we adopted Sunflower. And so it, it felt much more like a big move into, you know, the, I mean, much probably like, you know, Josh and Heather, you know, being at your first too, you know, where it's just like all of a sudden it's like this big wave of everything new, like kind of all at once. Um, but I mean, that's things you'd experience with, you know, first child adopted or not. And so, but, um, yeah. Um, Josh here. I, I think the only thing I would add is I just resonated with, um, Chris and Amy in that it, it made them stronger. And I think like, like Andy said, with Macy being our first, I look back on it now and I, it, it was like a gift that it actually bonded us. Um, I never really thought about it that way. And we, within a month, we had taken Mason to like heart, you know, heart surgeons to talk about a future heart surgery. And, and it just really brought us together like a crazy strong bond. Cause when you, when something like that comes into your family, that that's such a, such a life altering thing. Um, it really has something, it really brings you together. And so I, yeah, I'm just thankful that Mason came home and it, create this crazy strong bond That's good. um just the, here's the segue something that doesn't bond us let's talk about that how about therapy friends all of our kids we did a whole episode on therapies we did not therapy like marriage therapy that does bond you i'm talking about ot pt speech oral motor hippo hypo <laughs> hippo therapy hippo um all the different therapies that happened. So, so it, I, I agree with you, Josh, when people are saying that it, there's this bonding that happens, but I also think then that there's this extra that comes along with the diagnosis in terms of those first few years, especially, right? Yes. Like how many doctor's appointments did we go to? Lord have right. mercy. Many, many doctor's appointments those first few years. Totally. All of the therapy, all right. these strangers in your home, you're being like all this information people are telling you. You should do, you shouldn't do. You're trying to figure it all out. Um, being a first timer with a kid with Down syndrome, all those things. And that can take a toll on a human, on a relationship. Mm -hmm. So just, I think logistically even, I'd love to hear from everybody. What do you do? What did you do that worked? Didn't work? What do you do now in terms of the logistics? How do you take care of doctor's appointments, therapies? Do you feel like it's all on one parent? Um, and then you're resentful for that. I guess you can answer that honestly tonight. And that's what I have. 
I remember one time, it's Mercedes here, hello. Hey <laughs> I just thought it was so pertinent when it was talking specifically about therapy when Sunny was like throwing food and stuff and um, Andy was like, well, maybe she needs ABA. And she was already doing like speech twice a week, PT twice a week, OT twice a week. And then on top of, you know, um, doctor's appointment here and there. And he and was like, maybe he needs ABA. I was like, are you going to do that? Because <laughs> that's a lot. I don't want to do I don't want to do one more therapy where I'm learning all the tricks. Sometimes I wasn't able to like, like tell them ahead of time how, what they're doing in speech, you know, what they're doing in OT and this is what we should be doing at home. And so like you, I don't know, all that kind of stuff, more communication came out of all those different things that I was like, I was almost getting like frustrated. Like I can't put another therapy on my plate. Are you going to do it? Cause I'm not going to do it, yeah. you know? And, but what we needed to do was just converse about it. And Andy did start taking her to one of her therapies, but I can, I can see how it'd be hard if you're a stay at home mom, all the therapies are happening during the day. Yeah. You know, when dads are at work, usually if you have maybe that common schedule, um, but our situation's unique. So Andy can help, but it definitely does feel like the mom has to carry sometimes that not burden, but that extra job of therapies. And I, one time I've even thought therapies is like an extra kid mm-hmm. in the mix. Cause you know, there's evals, there's stuff to work on at home. There's, you know, don't react. Don't like, there's just like this whole thing. So I could see how, um, I think even some of our listeners have even mentioned, you know, I feel like therapies are all on me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? And it's just communication being okay to be like, Therapies is a lot. I mean, you want to take one of them? Yeah. You know? Definitely. I think all of us... Or not do them at all. Or never do them. If you're Mercedes. <laughs> um, not never. No. I, <laughs> I, I jump in and out. I run hot and cold, guys. In life it. in general. We love it. <laughs> I think all five of us women are mostly at home, more the full-time caregiver at home, or ha- early on. Yes? Correct me. Okay. So there is that piece. I think it is a different conversation if there was full-time, both parents were full-time working like a nine to five. That's mm-hmm. a different conversation that we can't speak to. So let's right. just say that out 100%. there. 100%. As we like have, or a single parent. Or right. a single parent. So we're just recognizing that our, right. we have a similar situation between the five of us and we're not speaking to the full audience, recognizing that. Having said that, Amy and Chris, I'm passing the mic to you all. Right. Um, what do you guys do for therapies? How is that divvied up? Is this a point of contention? Let's go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Might be a surprise for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, Amy here. Um, and um, because of our situation, as far as uh, me staying home, I'm staying home with with the kids. Um, the the responsibility does fall on me, and. Um, and yes, Mercedes, just like you said, that responsibility does feel like a child. I mean, I actually feel like Rocco's like three kids in one. So um, it's, it's, I feel like it's like amplified. Mm-hmm. And then the pressure of, you know, taking him to the therapies, making sure it's all the right therapies that he's going to. And then the pressure of, okay, well, we have to, I have to make sure that I'm, I'm actually implementing it mm-hmm. at home but doing it in a way that it's play. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that, taking care of the other children. And taking care of the other children. And the household. 
in the household. Yep. And finding that, just finding that balance of how do I like, um, give time to each of my kids. Um, um, you know, and, um, yeah. And so right now, um, when Rocco first started out, um, it was infant stim. Then it turned into PT, OT, then speech. Um, and, um, then it, then we, um, did talk tools, which was, it's great. Um, and then, um, then we added in, um, oh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Sure, sure. Here, I'll, I'll jump in because I, I'll just kind of reconfirm in the beginning. And I'm going to say our first year, we we basically did everything together. Yes. And it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And, you know, getting through the whole, like, learning about yeah. Down syndrome, everything yeah. else, and then go, doing all the therapies, it was a lot. Yeah. But we did it together. And literally, I think in the last like two years Amy's been pretty much 99% of all the therapies and yeah two more than two years (laughs) (laughs) three and a half that's the math there the last three and a half years okay so three years we'll give it to her yeah (laughs) okay communication is very important in a relationship yes and um, <clears throat> but most of it does fall on Amy and I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I think it, everyone here could probably relate to it. Um, she's trying so hard to do everything she can to make sure that Rocco gets every therapy possible to make sure he's the best he can be. And, um, our pediatrician, Rocco's pediatrician slash our mentor slash now a friend, Dr. Sears did tell us and he gave us sound advice in the beginning and you know and this is something that I just you know think we should always kind of reflect upon is sometimes putting the kid in the car and driving a half hour 45 minutes to therapy and doing the therapy and getting back in the car sometimes if you just stay home with the kid or you go to the park or you do something you know at at your own leisure it could be just as rewarding as going to that therapy. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's something that we do need to keep in mind because Amy does work very, very hard getting Rocco to all those therapies. And I think probably everyone here is the same and everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Can I jump in? Because it has to do with relationship, I feel like. I've always felt that in raising Sunflower, I had, it wasn't just uh, between me and Andy. Like raising Rhodes and Shepherd, me and Andy are doing that. Raising Sunflower, I've got all her specialists and doctors, people's opinions who've done it ahead of time. You know, there, I felt in the beginning, not so much now, I think I have more confidence in us knowing Sunflower better, but in the beginning, it felt like I had to trust their opinions, their know-hows before my own, because I was new. And I feel like that could be a lot of people's stories and thoughts. You're brand new. You know, that thing about Down syndrome, it's your child, so you want the best. Mm-hmm. So you're just always going to try all the things mm-hmm. and take everybody's opinion. Um, yeah. So I just think in raising a child with any kind of um, different ability, you do have extra people in your relationship telling you how to parent almost. Mm-hmm. 
the specialists, the doctors, what you read, which is totally hard. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, Eric, what about you guys? Michelle, not Eric. (laughs) Um, So when Eli was little, yeah, it was crazy with all the doctor's appointments. He um, had a complete AV canal defect, so he required heart surgery at six months old. And so he had a G-tube because he weighed four pounds um, full term, and they wanted him to weigh eight pounds. So it was just, you know, GI and cardiologist and infant stem and all the things and then after his heart surgery then you know all the therapy started um and we were going through a really hard time with um our daughters and so between Eli's therapies our daughter's therapies then we started doing couples therapy then we started doing individual therapy and (laughs) at one point like we were gone from the house doing therapy more than we were home <laughs> and at one point we were paying more for therapy than we were our mortgage that was fun I'm glad that season is over <laughs> but I kind of felt like therapy bred therapy for a while like the more therapy Eli and the girls needed the more therapy we needed <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things it's like I had a very love-hate relationship with therapy like it's mm-hmm. such a good thing and I think, you know, especially like our couples therapy was such a good thing. And obviously all the therapy for Eli was, was so good, but it's also so hard and mm-hmm. just so trying on a family and on a marriage. Do you have anything you wanted to add? This is Heather again. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, Eli's only four now. Um, and it, I would just say that it's 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 so much easier now uh, with him in school, and a, and a lot of the therapies are taken care of yes. then. Um, that looking back on that time, and I, I don't know, just I look back on it and go, man, that was tough. Um, but time flies so quick that in it, it it seemed very very long. Um, but now I can look back and be on oh, no, it wasn't that, you know, it was hard. Um, but you know, and again, he's only four. So, um, but it went by super quick. What would you guys say to yourselves if you go back or what would you say to a parent in the same situation? Uh, to a parent in the same situation. Yeah. I would just say like, it goes by so fast. I know it seems like so hard right now, but it's so worth it in the end. And it's, yeah, before you know it, they're going to turn three. And if you want, you can all the therapies can be at school and you can just drop them off and that's it. Because that's yeah. what we do for Eli. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, I would say the, the times that we consciously kind of said, eh, you know, screw therapy today. We're going to go do this. Yeah, those are really fun times. And giving ourselves uh, the grace and um, just to do that and say, you know, this, this is stressful. Let's do something not stressful for the next couple hours. It were the, it was great. So do that. Do that. That's good. Okay. I say this almost every podcast, which I also say that before I say this, <laughs> that we could talk forever on the topic, but we have to wrap it up. A, because it's late here where we are. 
in this time and space and everyone's yawning and B because it's been a long time of talking and we've got some s'mores to get to you guys about 25 left (laughs) so we got to get busy but before we do I want all of us to go around and think of the person listening who is really having a hard time um and maybe you've been in that space something that you want to tell them or that you would love to have heard um in terms of marriage and relationship raising your kids with down syndrome i know this is like a big heavy thing and i haven't given anybody time to process this um (laughs) and what's something that you would want to share with people who are listening that you think is important in maintaining a healthy relationship with your significant other while raising a child with down syndrome josh you're first wow so is the question what would i say to my former self or younger self to a listener to a listener same thing it could have been you sure (laughs) i am a listener um i think i think what i i'm gonna i'm gonna hijack your question what i would say to myself before or, or looking back when macy was younger i think i would say um have more grace for yourself don't beat yourself up um i think you're doing the best you can with what you have and um yeah grace grace i think what i would say is when you're put under the pressure of all the things that we've talked about so far with with marriage and with everything i think um self-awareness is really good Mm. i think i think therapy is really good i think even though one more therapy is going to be really really hard if you can do it i think it's worth understanding what those things, how they make you tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, self-awareness has been really good through up the, all the highs and the lows. So, um, and I think the last thing is just um, keep talking about it. Keep talking to each other. Keep, keep, um, keep at it. Take, we like, yeah, just take one step forward and keep talking to each other as a couple. I think since we're the couple, that communication is so important and that resentment builds when you don't communicate clearly. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be willing to sit down with your partner and say, um, I'm maxed out or I'm angry or I'm you're, you're bugging me or like whatever it is, just say it out loud. Cause that person, I mean, you have a kid together, right? Like you can trust that person in the long run, but you have to be open about communicating together. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, this is not necessarily anything to do with kids with down syndrome, but just, um, tag team is huge. Mm-hmm. We've learned to say to each other a lot, you got to step in here. Yeah. Uh, I got to, I got to tap out instead of letting your pride get in the way and think that you can do it. And then you blow up and all the things. So you don't bug me. <laughs> okay. Passing it on. I just as So I'm super good at invalidating. So I would say stop being a cry baby. Suck it up. Um, <clears throat> just to invalidate and make you feel bad. Um, but a little more serious, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the serious tip, yo. Um, I would say, um, in in our relationship, uh, if if you have like an older couple that you look up to, um, and that you would that how you can have a relationship and just glean all the wisdom you can from them. Um, or if you have an older couple you look up to, think what you admire in them um, and in their relationship and how you can kind of work that into your relationship now is good to hear and, and good to do and suck it up. 
and be a baby. Yeah. <laughs> We're not that much older, Eric. Martin <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, thank you very much. Being our mentors. <laughs> Andy Mercedes, thank you for mentoring us. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. Um, but one thing I would add to is just uh, for the listeners out there that have either have gotten a new diagnosis or have you know a little baby, um, just the joy that this child is going to bring to your life and your relationships, your with your other kids, with your spouse, with your partner, um, is incredible. Like you have no idea what's in store. Just the joy that they bring is. You know, there are no words to describe. Mm. Um, this is Andy, and yeah, I mean, I mean, two perspectives. One, what would I say to my my previous self? You know, only five years ago, it's not that long ago. Um, you know, practice patience. Like patience is a, a virtue that requires practice that's not something that you're just given you know it's something you have to intentionally pursue to figure out how to invest in other things so that you can end up having it in its most important moments um and then i think for it's tough you know be honest it is hard to try to give advice to um, a parent who i would say who's um birthed the child with down syndrome versus someone who's adopted a child with down syndrome like in our case like um I think I would say just in, in the case even of adoption, you know, if, if it's specifically maybe if you're a guy and you're wondering, well, can I really ever love, you know, a child the same way, you know, adopting it versus having like your own? I mean, um, point blank, without, without a doubt, you can't, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll outrageously surprise you how beautiful it is, you know, to bring in um, a child into your family you know, in that kind of way. And especially if you've ever been moved to adopt a child with Down syndrome or any other ability, um, how incredible, like how much that changed your life for the better. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's not, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the long life pursuit isn't necessarily that, you know, just waiting for life to get easier, mm -hmm. but realizing how much better life ultimately becomes and it's going to be difficult regardless. So that's good. Thank you for that. Go ahead, Chris. So Amy and I want to thank you guys for having this intervention for us, <laughs> masked as a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's no recording happening. The microphones are just for fun. But, uh, but also, I do think, Heather, I think you said communication. I think that's a, a big deal, as Bart and Lindsay have demonstrated tonight that there is a difference in perception on you know how we maybe view each other and mm -hmm. view reactions so sometimes communication could be very difficult um, I also think that uh, expectations is a big deal and I think being able to communicate your expectations yes. um, is something that you really have to do to to succeed and then going back to you know, that first year and that year that we spent together and that we literally were together 24-7 and, you know, we were both on a mission to, to get through, you know, this new diagnosis yeah. and raising a child and, 
and everything else, I wouldn't change anything for the world because it was amazing. And all of those therapies and all of that time and all of that, you know, all those just being exhausted and tired, amazing. Like it was just something that I just look back at going, I'm ready to do it again. So, Amy, when you're ready, I'm ready. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, adoption is in our future. Um, Do you guys have an announcement? What? (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. You heard it here first. (laughs) Amy and Chris is actually a GoFundMe intervention (laughs) for your adoption. Uh, You know what? I would, if if I was going to talk to myself uh, four and a half years ago, um, I would say um, just just take things one day at a time and uh, uh, be in the present and try not to get so overwhelmed and focus in on the things that you have control over and not the things that you don't have control over. Um, Because um, I tend to worry a lot and I did worry a lot and I would tend to worry a lot about the future um, when I really should have just been like focusing on the present and, um, I would have given myself that advice Mm -hmm. and, um, maybe I probably would have saved, um, a lot of tears. Um, but, um, and also too, um, you know, therapy is, is, is so good and, um, therapy really helped me, um, and helped us, I think, during that first year of processing and figuring out our new normal. And um, and it's, um, you know, for all the new parents that it's, it's okay to cry. And it's okay, you know, if you do go through the certain stages of, of mourning the life that you thought that your child was going to have. And when you do get over that hump, um, you're just going to realize, like, wow, why did I ever even, like, feel that way or think that way because the life that your child is supposed to have he's living it and he's happy and he's at his best and he's um you know just they're just gonna your your kiddo is just gonna just bless you every single day and just bring you so much joy and bring others joy and they're gonna teach you so many things and um you just um just hang in there because it's um your life is just it's just going to be beautiful it's not going to be easy but what 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 child is easy but um just just hang in there just take things one day at a time and everything is going to be okay it's good yeah i agree with everything everybody said and i would just add um for me my kids are my greatest teachers and i think um being present with them in the moment and really opening myself up to what they're trying to teach me and um, what I can learn from them, what they can learn from me, and it's an exchange. Um, I think that goes for every child, and I think our kids with Down syndrome just have something uh, just extra special to teach us about um, acceptance and loving and um, same with our partners. Um, they're, our, they're our teachers, too. 
so just yeah being open to the lessons that the people around us have to give us that's great I think what I would say is that just that parenting is hard it's hard and it's beautiful and it's stretching and from a marital standpoint it can be something that can be very divisive or it can be very connecting and we get to choose kind of how we approach that and how we engage each other as as partners and being a team and uh, or not and there are definitely times when we, we've been on either side of that fence and yeah just to enjoy enjoy the good times and not be overwhelmed try not to be overwhelmed by the feeling of you should be doing more because there's endless more that you can <laughs> sorry about that Bart we have a newcomer to the group at midnight sweet love at 3am here, I'm here we go. Chip disagrees with what I just said. Apparently, <laughs> he's trying to be divisive right now, but we're not going to let. Uh-huh. We're going to choose that sweet boy. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but uh, it was really good. Okay. It's like some serious therapy. <laughs> Mike dropped stuff there. We are so pumped. Love Every is sponsoring the show this month. Their products are gorgeous. As are their models, because I have to brag here, Ace is one of them. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I received a Love Every play tent, and it is so beautifully made. Their wood, sleek, simple design, I think best fits your child's development at the age as a baby. And as aesthetically pleasing as it looks, you want to keep it up in your house. You know, yeah. as a mom, you're like, yeah. it doesn't go with my, the plastic ones, the bright colors doesn't go. The um, play tent is beautifully handcrafted and goes with your style. Guaranteed. <laughs> I love that. And they have these things that are called play kits that are curated basically for your child's age from birth up until a year. And the one that the box that we have is for 11 to 12 month old. And the toys are amazing. They're all match developmentally to where your child is at and you can receive these in the mail basically every month so such a great gift to give also to your friends yeah and here's why i love them the most they are actually serious about every baby and that's why they have kids with different abilities in their marketing images like my ace face um because they really do believe that all of our kids matter and they have they want to work with parents who are walking into a new diagnosis and get these toys right. So you can let them know your concerns and they'll work with you to make sure the kids are on track. Let them know you're a lucky few listener and you'll get 10% off your subscription to the play kits or $10 off a tent. Just use the code, the lucky few at checkout and find out why they're being praised from the pages of pop sugar to people magazine to real simple. But there's one more thing we do, everybody, with our every single podcast. And it's something, Andy, did you want to sing it in? That we <laughs> like to call, it's time for some good uh, uh, news. Yeah, good news. Now it's mm. time for some good news. Good news. 
welcome everybody to this section of the podcast we call good news okay anybody here have some good news i'm gonna start the thing about good news is it can be a small thing to a big thing we're celebrating progress right with our kiddos with all of us so my thing is and i wasn't even present for this i'm going to share this josh shared with me we're staying at a rental house with a swimming pool maybe your kids have pooped in a pool or not i'm not naming any names both of my kids with down syndrome all of my kids and um, never my own pool because I don't. I've never owned a pool, but we are in a in a swimming pool, and all three of my kids are probably trained at this point in life. And August said to his dad, he was just kind of chilling in the jacuzzi, and he said, "I have to go to the bathroom." And then Josh walked him into the bathroom, and he pooped on the toilet and not in the jacuzzi, and that is some serious bleeping good news. <laughs> Who else has some good news? Raise your hand. So Eli is four, almost four and a half. And um, we do the honey bear cup, the straw cup, every freaking day. Can I say freaking? (laughs) And he finally sipped through a straw by himself for the first time about a week ago. Oh my gosh, you guys. Amazing. Tears of joy. I would say that sucks, literally, but that's a great thing. Someone else, someone else. Good news. Oh, yeah, I got good news. Um, I don't think we've shared this just because of the, the amount of time that's lapsed since the last episode that we recorded, but it's been fun now to watch Sunny when she draws. She actually draws happy faces now. So it's like, yeah, I mean, all, all the work, all the different crazy work she's been doing she has like certain repetitive forms now where she does things but it's so fun to like see her just draw like two dots and then sometimes this line that's like half the page (laughs) but but so often now she draws these little like just these little faces and figures and it's just the cutest i have good news this is Lindsay, and ruby is um transitioning into first grade like a champion yay she's doing so good she's owning first grade and it's a long day eight to two thirty whoa yeah, and she's done good, and her speech is amazing. Her teacher, that her same age she had last year, transferred with her to first grade this year. And she said to me the other day, I understand like 90% of what she is saying now, which is amazing. That's awesome. That's it's good, good news. news. Yeah. Good news. Anybody else want to share some good news? No pressure, no pressure. Well, I mean, we're really happy. You know, we've been working on potty training with Rocco, and... This past week, he went uh, pee-pee and poo-poo in the yes. potty, which is huge. That is amazing. And he's been letting us know when he has to go. So it's, this is something we've been working on for a while, but that was really good, good news for us. That is awesome. Yeah. Potty training is the worst thing in the whole wide world. I know. I know. <laughs> say that at three in the morning, the plate of s'mores in front of me. Good news is also Daniel Tiger season two, episode one, potty training video over and over and over and the app because we've been potty training for about two years. Daniel Tiger. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right, friends. Thanks for sharing your good news. Um, as always. If you are listening and you have some good news, you can text us, which you'll hear the number at the end of the episode here. You can go on our website, theluckyfewpodcast.com, and leave us a message there. Um, We're so happy you listened. We're going to have in our show notes a link to everybody here. We're going to have a picture. Um, 
We're going to have a link to their Instagram handles, to any other links they want to give. It's up to them. Anything you want to link us to, we'll do that. Old Friendster accounts. Whatever, you know? MySpace. New Friendster accounts. New Friendster accounts. Your phone number, your address. You tell us what you want everyone to know about you, and it will be in the show notes, friends. For sure, a picture and an Instagram link. We'll promise you that. Um, Thank you so much, friends, for joining us, for being wise and sharing your wisdom and your experiences. And there's something else, Andy. Help us end this podcast. Yeah, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes and follow us everywhere at the Lucky Few Pod. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. That's the major stuff. All right. We'll see ya. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all social media at The Lucky Few Pod. Subscribe on our website for ongoing updates at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time.